folks, if we turn it around properly, biblically, um, these things are not obstacles. They're stepping stones. And that's just, just a saying. Do you understand what I'm saying? Do you hear what I'm saying? Too often we look at, we look at stuff and we go, oh, there's a great wall. There's a great obstacle. There's a real problem. Um, uh, my Bible says, count it all joy when you encounter various trials. Now, now to the non-Christian, that's like lunacy. You know, that's like, you'd have to be a whack job to do that. No, no. How's that getting worried and being frustrated and, and allowing Satan to have your mind working out? You know, it just, it just rips you apart. It's, it's just not worth it, you know. I, I was sitting there while we were singing that song about uh, rising from the ashes. And, you know, I, 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 some of the greatest victorious things I've been a part of were when people found out they had cancer or some kind of malady and they were dying. And, and God was just alive in them, man. Um, and it was just powerful. It was joyful. Because they knew when they took their final breath, they weren't going to have to pay any more taxes. You know, they knew they were going to experience glory. And and let me help you with something. Unless God comes back, we're all going to die. I can stop right there. That was so positive. You know, but that's just real, isn't it? You know, and so the question isn't, you know, whether this kind of stuff's going to happen to us, because it is. The question is, who's going to be control when it's happening? You know, Lisa and I were reading a book, and like usual, I can't remember the name of the preacher, but, you know, uh, she'll tell me in a second. But, um, you know, here this guy has gout so bad, his, his hands, his ankles, and his feet, and his wrists are wrapped all up because of the oozing that's going on. Who was that? Huh? Spurgeon, Charles Spurgeon. You might have heard that name. And, and he's sitting there and people are coming to him to get spiritual help. And he's sitting there with gout so bad he's got to wrap up his arms and his legs and, and he's got the joy of the Lord. You know, I, I read the story of, um, or I guess Lisa told me the story of Corey Tenboom. You might have heard that name in, in history. And, and, and after she was comatose, now I want you to hear this. After she was comatose, like she, a man came to his bed, her bedside, and what, what happened again? He, he wept with conviction just being in her presence. You, you say, well, what's that all about? Well, my Bible, I don't know about your Bible, my Bible talks about the place you actually connect with the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the power of Jesus Christ, the conquering glory of Jesus Christ is in suffering. God's weird. You know, if, if God would have asked me, I could have given him a better methodology. That's a joke, kids. I'm kidding. But the reality is, that's reality in this world, isn't it? Anybody never had tragedy? Anybody never had heartache? Anybody never had depression? Anybody never struggle? You know, that's just real. The question is, will we allow God, through the person of his Holy Spirit, to bring us through that in 
eternal development and growth and victory or will we let Satan overwhelm us and conquer us through sin? And guys, this world needs people who aren't religious. This world doesn't need any more religious people. They need people that actually know and have a relationship with Jesus Christ and are allowing what he did on the cross and in his resurrection through the person of his Holy Spirit to actually make a difference in their real life. See, you can, you can flap your lips to people all day long about how Christian you are. But, you know, that's a whole lot more caught than it is taught. Amen? And our focus today, and I know some will say, well, he's crazy. Well, it's not, who, it's not my thing. It's God's thing. But, folks, you need to understand something. You're either going to kill sin or it's going to kill you. Do you mind if I just say something for real? There's a lot of people who go to church every Sunday and they've lived in death for so long. They don't even realize there's a problem. My heart breaks for them. Because the problem is they've dumbed it down so effectively that now their mind is out of control and it's okay. Their emotions are out of control and somehow it's okay. Their relationships are out of control and somehow it's okay. Their their commitment to God and his church are, are, are just practically nothing and somehow it's okay. And kids, Jesus Christ wants to bless us and save us right there. He really does. That's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. I just want to say this one more time, and then I want to pray, because this is a very important sermon. One of these days when I get out of my own way and and I quit trying to keep the religious organization going, I'll have time to write a book called Killing Sin. And I, this is very important because we've gotten good with sin. But kids, the problem is, my Bible says in both Genesis and, Re- and Romans, that wages of sin, the consequence of sin is death. Are you with me? Are you with me? But Jesus came to save us from our sin, not in our sin. Okay? We'll talk more in a second. Father, we need you. I will be very ineffective in teaching this. I will connect with some and some I won't. And that's just the human dilemma. But Father, I pray that the person 
and the power of your Holy Spirit would bring conviction where necessary. We've gotten so used to living out some sin in our lives sometimes, it doesn't even phase us. We've so seared our conscience that we don't even, we don't even feel it anymore. And then we surround ourselves with people that have dumbed it all down and, and sin's okay and everybody sins and God's good with sin. But your word says you don't mix with sin. So Father, I just ask, Lord, that you would go over and above and around and through everything in the haze of what I'm going to say. And Father, you would reach the heart and mind of each of us. That we would all take out of this exactly what you would have us to take out of this. Thank you, Father. In your name we pray. Amen. Our verses today are Romans 8, um, 12, and 13. But we're going to start with 1 again. Because honestly, if you don't get 1 to 11, you, 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 you ain't getting 12 and 13. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Next verse, please. Uh, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life uh, has set you free. Now, I want to stop right there. Let me, let me, I had a guy ask me this week, well, 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 how do you know that that's true? Because it says it. Are you with me? What you know, I said, what do you mean, how do I know it's true? Well, well you know, uh, uh, how do you prove it? God said it. That's all we need. Amen? Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. For what the law was powerless to do because it was weakened by the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. And so he, are you looking at those verse, that verse there? He condemned sin in the flesh. There, there, there's so much weird theology in the church that has kind of become mainstream and the norm that, you know, well, everybody sins in thought, word, and deed, and, and, you know, God understands, and each individual believes God understands their personal sin because God knows where they're weak, and God, you know, and so my sin's okay. Kids, The word for sin is amartia, about 90% of the time. And that means you've missed the mark. You see, way back in creation, somehow God planned your life out. Okay? I don't know how he did that. He chose you and planned your life out. That's called righteousness. Rightness. That's God's will. The only place you'll find peace and joy and hope and happiness is being in the center of that. Okay? Sin is getting outside that. 
let me help you with this. Is everybody listening? And you, you school teachers, I'm sorry. It ain't okay to live in sin. Well, pastor, well, pastor, nothing. Just like when there were certain things J.C. was not supposed to do, and I had to kick or whoop his bottom when he did it. Why did I do that? Because I hated him? No. Because if he didn't learn that that was not okay, he was going to be in trouble. Okay? Now, he still got it wrong a lot of times, but I still did it. As your pastor, as the word of God, please hear what it's saying. It's not okay for you to do your little goofy, arbitrary thing. It's not. It'll hurt you. It'll kill you. It'll take you down. And some of you in the middle of it right now. It's taken down your mind. It's taken down your emotions. It's taken down your marriage. It's taken down your, you professionally. It's taken down you financially. Because you're out doing your own thing. But God's got his thing. And his thing is perfect. Now, you ain't going to ever be perfect. Don't get, don't, that's not going to go there. But his thing is perfect. And let me help you with something. If you decide to get in his thing, he will bring healing and he will make right all of those areas you've messed up. I got to get to 12 and 13, excuse me. Verse 5. Those who live according to the flesh... Inside of every one of us is a thing called selfishness. Anybody here not ever be selfish? Huh? All of us are, you know, we were selfish last night because we wanted the Eagles to whoop Atlanta. That's our team, isn't it? Huh? I thought they were going to blow it. Yeah, how them Giants doing, buddy? She's back there going. Them giants are watching TV. <laughs> what was I talking about? Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on the flesh desires. What we want and we want it now. But those who live according, um, in accordance with the spirit have their minds set on what the spirit desires. Now understand, what the spirit desires... Is what the word calls for. It's what the father wants. It, they all flow in the same vein, okay? They're, they're never separate, okay? Verse six. The mind governed by the flesh is death. Kids, if your marriage is a struggle, you can't do anything about your partner, but you can do something about you. I can promise you the Holy Spirit does not want you to be a jerk to your spouse. Are you with me? He could put it back together as far as you're concerned. 
But too often, we're like, well, you know, if I let him get over on me, or if I let her get over on me, you know, they'll get over on me. Big, hairy deal. Maybe you can bring healing. Are you with me? That's in any relationship, not just a marriage relationship. But the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. Let me ask you, what are you living in? Death or life and peace? If you're not living in life and peace... You can. Just change your mind. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Verse 8. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh. You don't live in the kingdom of the flesh. But are in the realm of the spirit, if indeed the spirit of God gives life in you. I I don't know whether I read that right. And if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Jesus Christ. But if Christ is in you, then you, though your body is subject to death because of sin. Now that does not do, a lot of people, it's not about your personal sin. We're all born in what theologians call a general sin. If you don't believe in general sin, read the newspaper. It's everywhere. Okay? It's everywhere. Um, But if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the Spirit gives life because of righteousness. Not your righteousness, but the righteousness that Jesus Christ lived while he was there, and it ended up on a cross, and it ended up in the resurrection. Okay? Very important. Verse 11. Powerful verse. Please listen to this verse. And if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you. He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal body. We all come to Christ needy. We all come to Christ mortal. In and of ourselves, we are very powerless. In and of ourselves, We're just going to do some goofy stuff. Is anybody with me there? I don't know about you, but I just just do goofy stuff. And even though I'm a wonderful, handsome man of God, I still do goofy stuff. Anybody here with me? Amen? You know? But he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to our mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. Now, these are our verses. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation. But not to sin. Are you with me? There's a lot of thought, even in the church, that, well, 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 there's nothing I can do. You know, this world is sinful, and I've really done some dumb things. 
And I just, there's just nothing I could do. And God's up there saying, I already did it. <laughs> I already did it. I already set you free from sin and death. I already destroyed the works of the devil that are destroying your life. There isn't anything or anyone that can separate you from the love or the power of God. Amen. <clears throat> Except for a sore throat. I'm sorry, excuse me. Our obligation is not to the flesh to live according to the selfishness that we are born in. For if you live according to the flesh, you're going to die. You need to ask yourself today, who's going to be in charge of my life? Me? Or holy God. Me who has no clue. How to get me out of the mess I'm in. Or a holy God. That for eternity. Has had a perfect plan for my life. But see my, my, my hole's really deep. Let me help you with something. God is eternal creator, almighty God. He can go as deep as we need him to go. Amen? Well, I've done some things that can't be forgiven. There ain't nothing, nothing and no one that can't be forgiven. Nothing. Well, you know, I, I've, I've made some strong roots in my life for some really dumb, sinful things. God loves to pluck out roots. He really does. He really does. He really does. He really does. I see people that have been to church all their lives and their lives are just being destroyed. Their minds and, and their tongues and their hearts and their emotions are just being destroyed because they really don't understand this. Let me tell you what's even worse. I grew up with people who thought they were already perfect. And y'all grew up with those people? Some of the meanest, nastiest people I ever met in my life were saved, sanctified, gone to heaven. I'm serious. I was like, well, if that's saved, sanctified, and gone to heaven, I don't want to go there. And I'm serious. I was like, you people are the biggest gossips and slanderers and destroyers I've ever met. You see, guys, you can't say one thing and live another. How you live and how you think is who you are. Are you with me? Amen. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit, 
You put to death. You kill. You mortify. The deeds of the flesh or the deeds of sin. Because Jesus already made the way. Don't you let anybody tell you there's nothing you can't do. Because basically what you're saying there is God can't. And let me help you with something. God can. (laughs) God can. God can. Let's talk about this for a minute. Goodness gracious. Can you give me 10 minutes? No? All right. 20 minutes? Okay. <laughs> we may have a vote on that one. <laughs> I want you to understand something. You need to decide today. It's a decision. The power is already there. The victory is already there. The wisdom's already there. The ability is already there. The problem is we don't trust God enough to give him control. I want you to understand something. If you are living according to your own control, you are killing yourself. You're killing your kids. You're killing your marriage. You're killing your finances. You're killing your witness. And you're killing your life. I want you to hear that. I want you to go home today and go, hmm. I go to church, but who's actually in control? Who's actually in control of my life? You know? Well, pastor, you know, that sin, that devil, (laughs) you know. I heard a story. Mind if I tell you a story? There was a dude and he went, he moved to a new house and his next door neighbor had this big old bulldog. And every day he'd get home and that bulldog be waiting on him. And so he'd get out of the car and he'd just take off running and that bulldog was right behind him, baby. Woo, woo, you know, every day he's running to his house. He's like, oh, this thing's gonna get me. One day, he got a rock and turned around and he said, I've had enough of this. And that thing came at him and he realized that bulldog had no teeth. (laughs) He realized he had allowed a toothless bulldog to chase him home every night. Let me help you kids with something. Because of Jesus, and I wish I had time to go through his temptation. Maybe I'll get back on this in a couple weeks. I want you to get this. Because of what Jesus did, sin ain't got no teeth. If sin has teeth in your life, it's because you give sin teeth. Satan can't do jack that God doesn't allow him to do. And by the power of Jesus Christ, you can turn around and you can stare right in the face of a toothless bulldog called sin. 
I want you to understand the works of sin and death and Satan have been destroyed. You don't have to allow him and your selfishness to destroy you. There isn't an area of your life that he has to have a hold of and be bringing destruction to your mind and heart and life. It doesn't have to happen. He's toothless. If you believe he's got teeth, it's because you're, li- you're listening to church people who aren't Christians or to Satan himself. You can leave this place today knowing everything you need to have joy and peace, no matter your situation. For you to have victory. For you to conquer in your life. It's all there, man. It's all there. If you're living under everything, or if you feel like you're being chased by the bulldog all the time, it's because you really don't believe the book. I said it before. How do I know That that's true. Because that's what he said. What's got to happen is you got to decide. I may not understand everything. Let me let you on a secret. I don't understand everything. I don't don't understand how he does all of this. I, I don't know how he knocks the teeth out of that bulldog. But I know this. He said he did. So I've got a choice. I could either play head games with God and do my own thing, asking him to pour some kind of perfume on the stink of my life, or I can decide, you know what? I'm going to go live it. I'm going to go live it. I'm going to go be it. I'm going to go do it. I ain't going to talk about peace. I'm going to have it. I ain't going to talk about joy. I'm going to have it. You know, I'm not going to talk about victory. I'm going to have it. You know, I'm going to leave this place and I'm going to go show a world that feels like it has no hope. It has hope. And let me help you with something. Every person in your life will be impacted by this. Every person in your world will see what's happening in your life. Amen? Every person. They really will. They won't say it lots of times. But they're watching. They see it. They're impacted. They really are. Sometimes they get mad at you at first. Makes them mad because God's convicted them, saying, you need to be like that. And they're like, I don't want to be like that. He's ugly. Amen? Amen? Or something stupid like that. But the bottom line is, I want you to understand something. No matter what's ever happened in your life, no matter what is happening in your life, or whatever will happen in your life, there's victory. Just do it. Just do it. Use me and do it with me. 
Some of you wouldn't do it if Jesus himself came down and asked you to do it. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I understand the struggle with this. Because we live in a very hurting world. And what I'm talking about seems impossible. But I want you to understand something. There's been sin in my life. And God has given me victory. There's been things in my life that I don't want anybody to know. Anybody else? But God has given me victory. Amen? God has given me victory. There's been things I've done that I wish I'd have never done. But God has given me victory. Amen? If you're just starting out the journey, I want you to hear it from the beginning. God can give you victory. God can give you healing. God can give you joy. God can give you peace if you let him. Amen. Amen.